Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. You can find all of my written work there. Over 3,800 film reviews to choose from, stemming all the way back to the silent era, all the way up through to the very latest releases. Read them all at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at a film that has divided quite a few people, especially film critics. It's called The Neon Demon. It's the latest film from director Nicholas Winding Ruffin, who also contributes to the screenplay. It's R-rated. It does have a lot of disturbing, violent content. A lot of bloody imagery, graphic nudity, there's one particular scene of aberrant sexuality, and the usual language for an R-rated film. The runtime is an hour and 57 minutes, and as a genre, I guess I would put it in the drama category, although it does dip into the horror genre as well on a number of occasions. It's an intriguing film, but I do feel that ultimately it's a disappointing, macabre look at the modeling industry in Los Angeles. In this film, life's not all it appears from the glitz and the glamour that we see in the print ads and the commercials. Refn, as the auteur of this piece, he paints the world of the model as full of users and abusers. There are rivalries to stay relevant. And many women here, especially trying to be the latest and the hottest beauty in the industry that eventually causes rifts, jealousy, envy, malice from those who begin to be overlooked because there are newer and younger and fresher faces out there. Elle Fanning is the main star of the film. She plays Jessie, who is an awkward and innocent 16-year-old girl who pretends to be 19 for the purpose of the movie and to get jobs. She arrives from out of state and she takes up residence at this flea bag hotel in Pasadena. She hopes to kickstart a career as a model within a decadent version of Los Angeles that Refn sees because her beauty is the only marketable asset she has. And so she knows this. She's not going to get a job doing much else in life. So she's going to take this as far as she can during one of her promotional Picture shoots, she becomes friends with a makeup artist named Ruby, played by Jenna Malone, who introduces her to other models in the industry. But on the downside, their age is beginning to show, and so they're using plastic surgery to try to squeeze out a few more years of their career before they're no longer wanted in front of the camera. You know, at 16 years old, that's not much of a worry for Jessie. She's such a natural beauty. She has a certain, I guess you would call it a thing, at least that's what they call it in this movie, that those people who are looking for models can instantly see. Just as Jessie's star is on the rise, she does become aware of the qualities that she possesses in her beauty. Others see that quality as well, especially her rivals, and that brings forth a certain power to Jesse's position as well as a certain danger because of that jealousy that she stirs up, whether intentionally or not. As with the stereotype of models, whether supermodels or runway models or advertisements, whatever, Refn's main characters feel like they're just told what to do, what to say, where to stand, how to look. They're mirror dolls for him to move here, to move there as needed in order to deliver his overly lengthy metaphor for the kinds of ravenous appetites, the kind of backstabbing and that metaphoric cannibalism that goes on within the beauty industry. Characters here look in mirrors at themselves. They look at others through them, always keeping the visages of their own beauty in mind. They draw forth their own strength, their own sense of identity from what they see in those mirrors, and that generally is also what draws others to them, including our own eyes as we look for beauty on the screen. When a character in the film utters the axiom, beauty isn't everything, it's the only thing, 
That might hold true for the fashion industry, certainly. But it most certainly does not fit in with the filmmaking industry. Because at some point in a film, we need characters to be rooted in. We need a storyline that intrigues us enough to want to follow all the way to its conclusion. All that Refn keeps throwing at us in The Neon Demon are shots that are meant to either attract us or repulse us on a purely visceral level. It's not much more than that. Also, given that Elle Fanning is supposed to be so alluring that even seasoned industry professionals all stop to take notice, somehow that doesn't seem to translate to anything that we see on the screen. Yes, Elle Fanning is pretty. I think anybody who looks at her would say that, but nothing about her, at least the way that we see her in this film, seems transcendent in that kind of way that being the pinnacle of innocence and pureness and beauty is implying. So other than the fact that she's kind of naive and innocent, and I guess that's a kind of pure beauty in its own way, you know, maybe that's what Reference trying to say, but I don't see that much of a distinction between her and a lot of the other women that may have been in that very same position when they moved to Hollywood or Los Angeles in order to embark on this career. Now, many viewers who are watching this movie will probably draw parallels to another film about highly competitive artists working within a realm that, from all outside appearances, is admired for its beauty, specifically in the ballet industry of Black Swan. Yes, that film that was got a few nominations there, very well respected, even though it didn't work for everyone. Indeed, both Black Swan as well as The Neon Demon dip on a few occasions into the realm of horror. They have a lot of brutal, surreal, often nightmarishly gory images within their metaphoric construct. The main problem with The Neon Demon versus the far superior, I believe, Black Swan is that we have no identity with any of the main characters or the side characters for that matter, or even an interest in their story. So that when the plot, such as it is, goes into the Twilight Zone, we remain completely detached from these characters. We're unable to draw out much meaning from these connections between these roles to the images because we don't know, we don't care enough about them as people to try to decipher meaning to any part of their existence. As the very stylized The Neon Demon draws closer to its climax, Refn begins to draw out a few David Lynch-type attempts to shock the audience with some unsavory images, generally taboo occurrences. I won't spoil what they are here because they're not shown in the trailer or any of the advertisements. They are talked about quite a bit if you read any of the critical press about it, but I think that those shocks that are in the film are supposed to be surprising. I won't actually tell you what they are, except to say that most people in the viewing audience will probably find what they see to be repugnant to a large degree. I'm sure there's going to be quite a few walkouts before the end of this movie. I don't think that these scenes are necessarily gratuitous because they're very much in keeping with the metaphors that are explored by Refn, but I do think that they're, maybe if I had to criticize them, they're almost a bit too literal. To the point where the story, which had been already held together by a pretty thinly defined, very superficial way, the story just can't support such heavy-handed developments as they appear late in the film. Where we are supposed to feel an emotional gut punch, we merely get a very queasy feeling in the pit of our stomachs at the grotesque display, independent of the relative payoff to the overall themes of this film. We would have probably had the same reaction to these scenes independently. If we only saw those scenes, it would probably make us feel the same way 
as if we watched the 90 minutes that led up to them, which says to me that the film really isn't working on any level to make us really care about what's going on, even when the characters go completely crazy. Now, there is a certain irony I've found to the Neon Demon's theme of narcissism and vanity when you have a director that seems so enamored of himself and his own importance. Refn brands his initials, NWR, right on display throughout the opening credits for us all to see and admire and to ponder as if we're supposed to be magnetized by the fact that the story we're about to witness is by some sort of great artiste, much like the way fashion designers imprint their own monograms on their clothing lines. Yes, it's a pretty film. Certainly, Refn brings a lot of himself to it. He has a certain style that people have come to know. Some people perhaps even have come to admire. There is a very vivid fluorescent color scheme. This is something that will draw many allusions to the works of such horror maestros in Italy like Dario Argento. It's all set to throbbing electronic music. There's a collection of beautiful actors who look good staring off into either the camera or into mirrors or often into just nothingness. However, that nothingness does pervade this film. The nihilism of the film is oppressive and the amount of time that it wastes pushing forward an uninteresting story at a glacial pace, no less, in order to arrive at some place that many viewers will have been expecting all along, save for a couple of those shocking moments. That part of it is the biggest hindrance to the enjoyment of the overall work, at least for me. Now, perhaps if this were a 30-minute story in some sort of anthology horror film or maybe some anthology horror television show, what we see in The Neon Demon might be considered to be brilliant, or at the very least interesting anyway. But at about two hours in length, and given that most of the film was improvised in the moment, it feels like an awful lot of fat to put on a story that is way thin and expect it to be successful. I mean, if you were a model, you had this much fat on you, you would not be somebody who is going to last very long. Now, beauty may indeed be an ugly business, and as so often is said, beauty is also fleeting. At nearly two hours in length, the Neon Demon stays well past its prime, much like some of the veteran models that are in the body of this film, and I'm giving it two stars out of four. Two stars out of four on my scale means that I do think that it's lacking something crucial, something vital that would make it at least watchable for most viewers. And I think that that thing that it's missing is a real story, real characters, maybe even an interesting satirical take, some point of view that we as viewers could also relate to. I think that certainly Refn has a lot of ideas. Some of them are interesting, but for the most part, I think that this one will miss the mark for most viewers, and those people that do think it's brilliant will probably bring a lot of their own meaning to this film. To make this film work, you have to do all of the heavy lifting on the part of Refn in order to try to decipher your own meaning to what's going on, because I don't think that a lot of that meaning translated well into the actual story that we see on the screen. I feel whatever Refn may have been trying to say either was changing on a day-to-day basis depending on what he felt at the time, or he just was not able to successfully translate all of that information that he had in his mind to allow us, through his art, to digest and understand without making us come up with our own conclusions as to what he meant 
which may have been completely far off. I certainly, I think there are a lot of artists that work in the abstract that allow us to be challenged to come up with something interesting or derive our own meaning from it, our own feelings. But I think Refn here seems to be angling for something, but I don't think that he successfully achieves attaining that something. So two stars out of four is the most I can give the Neon Demon. It's a pretty movie. It's an ugly movie at the same time, if that makes any sense. And I don't think that most people viewing this will find it worth their time, certainly not their money. So tread carefully. You know, if you like a movie that seems to be different than the norm, perhaps this might be for you. But you are the exception to the rule as far as whether I'm going to recommend this film. So there are people out there that like pungent, stinky kinds of food, too, which would turn off most people. And yet there are people who find that unique flavor interesting and maybe even an acquired taste. Certainly the Neon Demon is not something that I would recommend to just anybody. I would just tell people, stay away unless you want something you've never seen before. So anyway, thank you for listening. I do hope that you enjoyed this review. If you do, I encourage you to click that subscribe button. Also, if you've been listening a while, leave a review on iTunes and help out the show. And don't forget, you can go to my website to find my contact information, my Twitter feed and Facebook page links. You can find all that at quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net.